And now, from Grid Square Echo Mike 48, this is 100 Watts and a Wire. Oh, Lord. Oh, Lord. Let me just, let me, let me unmute myself. Oh, and you can hear the man laughing back there. This is brand new stuff, brand new technology. I got lights that aren't even on. Oh, Lord. Steve, take it. Take the wheel. <laughs> or Cal Ripken. Oh, my God. Cal Ripken. Yep, they wrote yep. a song. It was a great song called Cal Ripken Take the Wheel. I think it was a country hit. So uh-huh. let's uh, let <laughs> Cal Ripken stay close. Yep. So this is, wheel, a, this is a new technology day. And the chat mm-hmm. did actually came back up, too, which was cool. Uh, as soon as we went live, I could see the chat. Now oh, I can see the chat. So that's real cool. Now. Welcome, everybody. It's Christian. My call sign's Kilo Zero Sierra Tango Hotel. And Steve, W7UDI, is here with me as well. We've got some other friends. This is a literal uh, I will get by with a little help from my friends today. Uh, new software. Checking out a new software, and we'll go in this direction for sure. It comes with a learning curve. Mm-hmm. What are you on about? What do you? Well, I gotta drop uh, you out of here. Like I, I need to do the show with Karen. <laughs> I, I don't need you guys anymore. I swear I will pull her up here, oh, and that'll be it. Uh, It'll be a whole different show. I'm just whatever trying to figure it is. out where the uh, chat works. <laughs> okay. And, uh, wow, look at that. See, They're just flying cool. across this my. Is... It is interesting. It's the first time mm. up for us yep. um, on this new software, and I like it a lot. It just there comes it with a learning curve. There you go. So all my mm-hmm. chats are just popping up, and I suppose I could click. What happens if I just if I click one? Like if I take the Steve? I don't know. I think I have to manually do know. it. You guys are going to be patient today because it's just kind of click to view 45 comments. It's just making me nervous, so I'm not going to do it. <laughs> so you didn't miss anything today with the uh, pre-show meet and greet. We're going to talk about mm. projects, uh, spring projects. Spring is here. It's great. And we've got some projects that we want to do. And I asked a Facebook group. I also asked our Twitter uh, you know, what are you guys working on? And our guest today can, can chime in when we get to that, too. But this is a really good time to to start thinking about projects and what you want to do maybe before summer. I always liked this time of year because, and fall, too, because you can see the leaves doing their thing. You know, and mm-hmm. if a limb does not quite put out, a, a, you know, some leaves, and I've had situations where I've been hanging over a dead or on a dead limb or I've had a dead limb right right above my antenna right above yeah and I'm like uh oh so spring can help you figure out cuz I knew that would come down at some point at least in the fall and it was a good sign for me to go ahead and do uh make a move uh we've got some cool things coming up today we'll uh hour 73 returns thanks for all the positive feedback for that where everyday people are looking for ways to become more self-reliant, self-sufficient. We'll do that later in the hour uh, with Don. Of course, two stories, and we may even hear a love story today. You are a softy like me. Uh, I like to hear the uh, love stories, but we're supposed to hear from Rosa sometime in this hour to talk about her story a little bit. Kind of, uh, that'll be interesting. I don't want to give it away yet. Why it's interesting? But they got married at like a place where you buy stuff. Is <laughs> that a cool a, place? That's an that's enough of that story. Um, so I wonder. Look, I can I can add this. It says I can add it 
Did I add it? There you go. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, you did. A little, little bubble there. Okay, I don't see the little bubble. That's weird. But I can take it away. Oh, I see. All these things are popping up. <laughs> Guys, this is this is going to be one of these, uh, why am I here? Why did I wake up for this thing? Um, but it should make for train wreck video. So I speaking thought, of spring projects, yes, yes, here's now, Christian's spring project right here. <laughs> it's through the rest of this year, apparently. <laughs> oh, man, it's going to be great. So, yeah, we've got Ian's comment. This is fun. Okay, here's one. Yeah, you can share. Oh, I don't see it. Oh, it's so dark. Oh, are you yeah, reading this? It it's no, really I dark. Saw, it's really dark, and it's... Oh, yeah. There you go. Okay. Yeah, and the, uh, what, the font is black. That's so awful. Um, yeah, I'll have to change I'll that. Like, That's not good. To, we'll see, take that comment. See, guys, we're just learning it. And, uh, yeah. So this is a, a streaming software called Ecamm. It could easily be called E pain in my Polish rear end too, but it's just that it's new, but it allows me room to grow with the production. I can do different things and move things around, but you know, these comments are coming in a little, they're coming in dark. I don't know how you change that. Everybody is tuning out at this point. So let's get into, <laughs> let's go over. I, I think I'm just going to move this over to this side here. So it definitely doesn't interfere. And I'll go through these with Steve as well. <clears throat> But on the uh, the YouTube uh, channel, if you're watching, welcome. Uh, but this is Facebook. I put out the question, we're like, what are you working on? And we did it for Twitter as well. And uh, some of the answers that came in I can share with you. I got a like from Paul Brown. Look at that. Look at that. That's cool. You never get likes from Paul. Just kidding. He's very supportive and has supported the show for a long time. So Ian, he says he didn't get that 160-meter vertical done in the fall, so now that's his spring project we can't steve, see steve but i'm going to figure out how to get him in this little bubble too um you're going to build a 160 aren't you steve yeah uh the double bazooka but uh yeah i have a couple of uh, projects that i want to i'm thinking of doing and uh this got me thinking of uh i was kind of going to push it to the fall but now it's start to let me uh start working on it now where the field is uh the, the ground is manageable i have to i have to dig some trenching so yeah i'd rather do it now when it's uh, the ground is soft springtime okay clay we'll get to that here in a minute clay is um he's taking some cw he's in the cw academy having a ball dedicated himself uh some on-air cusos before the end of may so that's nice. cool. And Scott with Vibroplex said they approve of this message. I guess so. We might be selling some new stuff to him. Awesome, Here's Thor. Yeah. Antennas, antennas, and more antennas. Morning. Grounding and bonding in the shack. Yes, that's a good one. Yeah, you've been wanting to talk about that too a little bit. And I think that's it's such a complicated one. I, You know, that's probably going to be a special. That's, that's thick and heavy. I, I call it the third rail in ham radio because it just generates a lot of controversy which really it isn't there's there's one way to do it they and the uh nec is your is your guide and there's a lot of information out available that uh, will help you do it and it's not as hard as you think it is it's just there's just a lot of misconceptions and but it's um it's really relatively easy but and but the main thing is to do it right to protect your equipment. And that's what it's all about. 
Okay. Got uh, and your house. Rhea says she's working on her towers and her antennas. Doug, he's uh, working with CW Academy. Keith, need to mount my antenna on the house, hopefully high enough to clear the neighbor's house. Then run a cable down to wherever I decide to put the radio. The highest point of the roof is in the middle, but I apparently have a hip-style roof, so I have to make a, a pole and get creative. There's Philip. Philip is uh, putting up a Carolina Wyndham for 160. It's a lot of wire, but man, is it a sexy, it's a sexy band. Mm -hmm. And I had hoped to uh, get on and do the Last Man Standing. We've had rain for the whole week. I've been unplugged for a lot of the week and haven't been really feeling great. But I'm thinking if I can get a nice day. It's supposed to rain today around four o'clock. If I can get a nice day today. Tonight, if it would stop and not storm, I might try 160 for uh, Last Man Standing. That might be kind of fun. Mm -hmm. And run as the bonus, like a bonus station on 160. It, I think it would be fun. I don't know. It yeah, is crazy. There's a contest going on right now. First of all, Last Man Standing contest itself has 80 operators. And they're, and it's pile-ups. I mean, it's like... <laughs> <laughs> and now we've got a contest going. So, Yeah, the CQ Worldwide sideband version so it's the band is well let me do this yeah you do Let's that bring this over here and you see that is 20 meters on the uh, sdr receiver so wow. basically 150 uh, 14 150 all the way up to the band edge it is nothing it's but packed. contesters on 20 meters it's so, beautiful yeah, it's a beautiful it's, thing uh, let's it's see it's gonna be a busy weekend Spikes so I, I doing saw some. One there that's, oh, what'd you see? Yeah. Oh, the build a vertical fan antenna for twenty fifteen okay. and ten. Yep. So might want to. Uh, want, I'm going to bring bring up a a comment on that one. So in a little okay. bit. All right, Ricardo's doing some work. He lives in Paradise, also known as Florida. But boy, he's going to be heading into storm season here a little bit before expected. Uh, let's see, he did his, uh, he redid his 80 meter off center fed. He changed his wire up. That's cool. Oh, Steve. Yes, yeah, Steve, you gave him that. Yeah, I need. Okay, Ricardo, let, you're on, buddy. Let's do it. <laughs> What's Larry? Let's see. Okay. Let's see if we got another one here. Let's see. Oh, okay. Get his HF antenna up. Let me bump over to the twits. Oh, on the Twitter side, we asked the same question. There were some uh, replies over here. Restoring um, transmit to a two-meter uh, single sideband so they can go roving. Sean just waiting at the ground to thaw. Yep, maybe he's in the northeast or maybe where you are, but you've had some nice days. Oh, yeah. No, we've been doing good. He's up in Canada, Victor Alpha 5. Oh, so. yeah. Good eye, Steve. So. And we've got... Uh, yeah, he's, he wants to get uh, in the satellite and wants to use that uh, 9700. Good deal. Com Academy is coming up. I think that's happening. Jeez, I have to check the dates. But I feel like that's uh, happening. in April. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's yeah, right. Still going on. Okay. All right, working on a 10, 17, 20, 30, 40 link dipole. Ah, I love the link dipole. I just love the link dipole. Kimberly... Rebuilding uh, Maritron AL811. Good for you. Yep. Good for you. Raspberry Pi. Okay. 
and the and some photos RTL SDR, just kind of like what I'm doing with, but I'm using uh, SDR Play. Okay, beautiful. Let me get out of that. I knew the switching would be a little wonky, but the people are all here. They all got in. We got the people in. I think this will be a large part of my uh, spring project. I did put up an antenna that Steve built. He built a um, 40 meter double bazooka and mine had got a little weird at the connection point and if there was a sealant in there it had either corroded or popped loose or whatever and it's a passageway for the the bugs i've had an antenna where the bugs just made their way in there i guess got fried fell over ended up shorting it out (laughs) it was like a it was like a tunnel for the ants they were going up the the wire the rope the wire and passing through like this is crazy the craziest thing and they shorted out the antenna that's not the one that was a 20 meter this one that you built me i don't we should probably market it man because i think it it could be expensive (laughs) to make though because i think that you've took a little more care with the build than maybe some of the bigger standard build yeah how about if we use it for giveaways you're not giving away my antenna, and I've uh, put in so no, many orders no, no, no. now. No, no, I'm just kidding. But, yeah, I <laughs> I think the build quality, mm-hmm. we should definitely do a video on the build quality and maybe in stages because the mm-hmm. one thing that weirds me out about this, and especially in the spring, all the rain, is that my double bazookas are, you know, they've got this gap. They're very sensitive in the middle. Uh, when Steve made his, he reinforced that centerpiece you know, and it's kind of on lock. It's not gonna move. It's not accessible to the elements. It's not accessible to ants and insects and things like that. I was like, dang, okay. This guess brother put together a nice one. So then I went and quickly ordered more. You know, give me some more of that. <laughs> but uh, it's a nice build, and I've had it on the air here in the last week. Maybe I'll put it on tomorrow during our net. You know, just to see. Get some things stored. What are you going to work out uh, this spring as we uh, as we get a little deeper into it for you? I'm looking at uh, going with a 43 foot vertical, and um, so 43 foot vertical is five eighths wave on 20 meters. But a lot of people will use that antenna with a nice uh, tuner. You can use it as a um, as a uh, a multi band antenna. I think the guys have been working even all the way down to 160. But uh, I'm mainly going to use it for, uh, for you know, this guy. Let me go back over there to the, uh, to the SDR receiver. Because right now he, he gets a feed off of the, uh, off the 101, uh, an RX out. Okay. But what I want to do is I want to have a diversity antenna. And what, what do I mean by diversity? So... Every most of our antennas are horizontal when we're operating here on HF, but how about a diversity antenna that's a vertical? And that's what I was going to put that into the uh, into the SDR receiver, which I use as a pan adapter, and it was just going to give me a little bit uh, different. Uh, it'll just give me some options, mm-hmm. and sometimes when the the wave is basically you know bounced off the ionosphere or multi hops through the ionosphere on the ground it will it could change polarity and uh so the idea is to 
I might hear someone a little bit better on a vertically uh, polarized antenna versus a horizontal. And then I also have the option. It's like, oh, now I have another transmit antenna. So that's the first spring project. That will be the easiest one so far. The next one will be a little more complicated. Is this the one where you are waffling a little bit back and forth between putting up another tower? Tower. Yep. So the other project is a four square. I'm looking at, I want to do a 40 meter four square. So that's going to require a little more real estate, which uh, I need to plan out that. And then also plan it out to where, try to minimize the interaction between the existing tower and towers and the new 43 foot antenna Mm -hmm. and everything else. So that's going to take a little bit of of planning and um, trying to get, you know, either half wave or full wave uh, um, lengths of separation. So there'll be a little bit that reduce the interaction between the antennas. So well, I we have, the, I, I'd like to do the tower with a three element, 40 meter antenna, but that's a lot of tower and that's a lot of antenna. And, mm-hmm. uh, I'm thinking the four square might be the, uh, the hot ticket. Do you now. have people out there that will help you with that? Like, do you have a club of people that will help you if you're going to do concrete or do you have to pretty much do it yourself because you're out there kind of in the sticks uh, without trees? I pretty much done it. My, I pretty much done it myself, but yeah, there's a, I have a group of uh, club members and uh, friends that uh, would be more than willing to help. Okay. But uh, these are pretty easy projects. So they're going to be a lot of trenching. So. Yeah. For the feeds okay. and everything. So, all right. There's well, we're uh, we got a few minutes here before we head off into the two stories, and we can talk about it a little bit later in the show too. But when spring comes, what pops into your mind is something that we should be double checking. For me, it's like taping up connectors, make sure the connectors at the switcher because sometimes I do mm-hmm. I do checks more there than at the antenna, of course. But is there anything uh-huh. that you th- you think about? And if that's a fire um, call, you better take it. Okay. <laughs> if uh, I'd be looking at possibly your support ropes, if you, uh, depending on, you know, we're, we all get a little frugal, so we'll go down to the local hardware store and, you know, we threw up this antenna last fall and, uh, oh crap, we didn't get any master uh, uh, rope or anything. You just went down to the local hardware store and grabbed some nylon or that yellow mm-hmm. uh, nylon rope and you threw that up there. You know, through the course of winter, that kind of rubs and on the tree branches. And so you might want to maybe think about uh, bringing that down for inspection. If you have a tower, it's a good time to start uh, looking at if you have a, especially a guide tower, start looking at your anchors, your guide tensions. Um, look, you know, look at the, the tower base, make sure things are cleared, uh, especially weep holes uh, is uh, clear in the case of. Um, I have a, a on my pier pin uh, tower setup, so I have weep holes at the bottom. I'm always, always checking to make sure those are uh, are clear, uh, just uh, so the water can drain out. Um, check for, uh, uh, especially down at the base, check for cracks on the on your tower lakes. And so, whatever antennas and support structures you're using, this be a good time to start looking at that. Um, and double checking for us here where I'm at, uh, we, the wind starts picking up in the springtime. So it's already been blowing pretty good here. So, so, but every place is different. 
So basically, you can't think of anything right off the top of your head? <laughs> no, no, no. Okay. All right, no. good. Uh, so stand by, everybody. We're going to uh, come back. We'll do two stories. Steve's going to come to the chat and hang out with you. Thanks for all your patience today because we're doing something a little different, and my switching skills will will have to get a little bit sharper. So we'll come back to me, and in just a couple minutes, uh, we will come back, and we'll do two stories next on 100 Watts in a Wire. The ICOM 705 is your perfect QRP companion as you have base station features and functionality at the tip of your fingers, but it's in a portable package covering HF, 6 meters, 2 meters, and 70 centimeters. This compact rig weighs in at 1 kilo or just over 2 pounds. With RF direct sampling for most of the HF band and IF sampling for frequencies above 25 megahertz. It's got that large 4.3-inch color touchscreen with live band scope and waterfall. And the perfect accessory for the IC705 is the optional backpack. It's the LC192. It has a special compartment for the IC705 and room for accessories for soda activations or just a day in the park. Visit icomamerica.com amateur for more information on all ICOM radios. And BioNO Power, offering the best performance lithium iron phosphate batteries for your ham radios. Visit BioNOPower.com. That's B I O E N N O P O W E R.com. Or contact dealers nationwide. More contacts, less alpha hotels. This is 100 watts and a wire. All right. Let's see. Oh, am I muted? Nope, I'm okay. And my friends are muted, though, but that's okay. I'm going to bring them up. Hello, Karen, and I can keep Paul muted. Would be fine, right? Let's keep Paul. Let's put him yes, on ma'am. echo. That, that was oh. fun last night, hearing him twice. More <laughs> Paul all the time. I think he secretly liked it. And, you know, just hearing he his did. voice come back to himself again, and it washed over. And he was yeah, like, this, this isn't so bad. Him, never seen him smile. No, he smiled. No. We like seeing him happy. So we, uh, with the new technology here that we're dealing with, we, uh, and I'm going to bump you guys up just a little bit here. We had a little bit of looping going on, and it's some kind of wacky thing that I need to sort out. But um, we did a so test you're yesterday. We're loopy? You were extremely loopy, but only to yourself. That was the thing. I was like, no, nope, it doesn't seem local to me. You hear me fine. It's must be you. This must have been very amusing for you, Christian, watching us squirm like a bug. No, I was we up. Just uh, were like. Well, then Steve comes, and, and uh, it's around mm-hmm. 8.30 or so, and I said, yeah, let's test it again. And, and it gets to 11 o'clock cent- uh, central time. You know, it's this mix-minus problem. There's a, you know, you got the wrong thing and the wrong thingy. Something's wrong or not enough of something else. And it's feeding back to you, and I need to cut that off. Anyway, by like 11 o'clock, I was like, (laughs) I got to go, Steve, because my body will wake me up just at, at, you know, normal time every day. Six six is late. It's like, get up. It's time to get up now. Anyway, that's not why you guys have come here. But thank you for your patience, everybody, as we get into the wacky switching of things. Two stories each week. We mm-hmm. pick two stories where uh, one you may have heard about or should know about, and one maybe not so common story. Uh, Karen, what'd you come up with this week? 
Okay, well, before I uh, talk about the gentleman behind me, who I'll, I'll duck down so everyone can see, I want to mention that Friedrich Schaffen will not be happening in Germany. They called mm -hmm. that off right after we had gone to production. It did not make it into the newscast, but Friedrich Schaffen uh, looks like they were real optimistic about having a gathering in person, and uh, 2022, here we come not happening. Mm. So I'd like to talk about the guy behind me. I'm going to just, there he is. There he is. Yeah. Uh, I can solo can. you out. Watch this. I'll solo you out, oh, but I don't know how do. well we'll ever get mm. back. Let's see him again. Okay. There we are. Okay. 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 All right. So if I can get us mm. back. If okay. not, I'll just take yeah, over. Just take over, please. I'm still here for you. <laughs> Watch this. This will be fun. You'll Hopefully not too distracting. <laughs> no, you'll put the echo back in just to get me. No, no. Um, okay. Yeah, I'm in the middle. Uh, this, is, this was George Zeller. Um, he is a, was a, well, will always be a renowned shortwave listener. He died in a house fire in his home in uh, Cleveland on the 20th. Electro fire was electrical in nature, mm. uh, determined to be accidental. Well, you know, we're all shortwave listeners. Even if we're ham radio operators, we're shortwave listeners. He happened to be, in the purest sense, a shortwave listener and a pirate radio enthusiast. Uh, he was known throughout. He was uh, often seen at the Winter Shortwave uh, Listening Festival in Pennsylvania. He hosted a radio forum there. He was, since the age of 16, a member of the uh, North American Shortwave Listeners Association. Um, he died at 71. So we're talking about hmm. a lifetime. He was amiable, he was gregarious, he was chatty, at least when it came to, to radio, certainly. His profession was as an economist, and my understanding is that, of course, he was a lot more reserved and scholarly uh, in that regard, but people loved reading his columns in uh, the Monitoring Times and other publications. He considered his greatest achievement. I went to his website to read a little more about George Zeller on George Zeller, and his greatest achievement was hearing on the air uh, the FCC shut down a pirate broadcast while it was on the air, yeah, and cool. he sent a card uh, to confirm that, and the FCC was able to send him something back confirming it. So quite an achievement uh, for those of us who have taken it a step further from shortwave listening to shortwave transmitting. We, we owe uh, gratitude to him and we have respect for him and we're sorry he's gone, especially uh, the way he died. Yeah, thoughts uh, with his family for sure. Paul, what you, talk a little bit about uh, shortwave listening and, and this situation. Yeah, it's, that's what got me started. My my father was always kind of interested in hearing from other countries, so he bought uh, us a little portable transistor um, shortwave receiver, multi-band thing, and so we would sit there and we would we would listen and and it was fun. We'd listen to like, well, at the time it was Radio Peking, 
um, now Radio Beijing, uh, Radio Moscow, all those different countries. And we'd listen and we'd send in the reports. And occasionally we'd get back a QSL card and propaganda from the station. Um, one that was fascinating was the first report we got from Radio Peking um, was before there was a major shift in political don't, um, you know, things in the country. And it was all like it was like traditional uh, Chinese art, but it was all propaganda. It was little teenage girls and flowers and trees and stuff, but holding machine guns and, and wearing uniforms and all that. <laughs> And then the following report we got was after that. And we got a calendar and everything from, and it had shifted completely back to Chinese culture and art and everything and not propaganda. So that was a fascinating thing to see. So shortwave listing was what got me interested. I tuned down occasionally to those areas where hams lived and I would hear things. And that kind of drove me into finding out more about amateur radio. So, I mean, Shortwave listening, there's not as many stations today as there are. And because of the Internet, you know, you don't have to fight through static to hear something from another country. You just go to their website. Um, but it's still it's still interesting to hear because you'll hear the different music. You'll hear the commentary. Sometimes it's fun to hear news from an outside source, to hear a perspective on us from other people outside of our country. Yeah, so. I got a report in just to let you know. We are just feeding your audio through one channel, so we'll have to we'll work on that. Okay, uh, that's okay. We'll get it sorted out. Uh, Paul, what's us? Well, just lean. Everybody, lean this way a little bit, oh. and it'll work better. Yeah, yeah. That, that does work better. Okay. I only need one of these anyway. <laughs> he and he said it's only in the right channel. For me, you're in my left, so that's weird. If he all would right, just we'll send me those headphones, I'd put them together, and we'd be all right. We'll work on it. Yeah. Story number right, two, what did you find? My story is about novice rig roundup. And it's it's a thing that is near to my heart because I, I started, I uh, got licensed in 77, so I started with the novice license uh, for the younger among the crowd at, that start out at technician. There used to be a level below that. And uh, you, would, you would pass that exam. It was five word a minute code and the basic theory and you'd get to use that license for a year and in that year you had to study and you had to upgrade to um, either technician which was the general level theory without the code or general which was 13 words code and the theory um, but your radios were simpler and my first station the radio behind me was a DX100B Heathkit AM CW transmitter weighs about 60 pounds so it's a solid <laughs> boat anchor and uh that one i bought and then a, a friend of mine lent me his knight r100a receiver which uh and then i built a tr switch to go between them and i built a paddle and all that and that was my station for my first year until i passed my general and got my 520s so um the novice rig roundup they have a regular event Ooh. every monday night um Actually, it's every Monday. Uh, it says, according to the website, it says every Monday in the U.S. from sunup on the East Coast to midnight on the West Coast. And they give some recommended frequencies where you get on. And you, it's just to talk about these old beginner radios. And if you have them, by all means, use them to get on and talk with them. 
uh, or works CW, and uh, it's it's just all about celebrating the old rigs that a lot of us started out with, and uh, it's it's real simple. If you just go to noviceRigRoundup.org, you can find out all kinds of information about it. You know what? If I think if you jiggle, you're coming in and out. There's like a little uh, your quarter inch or, or your XLR or something in your board. Seems mm, like it once it, it came in and it dipped back mm. out. Do we want to see him jiggle? I don't uh, think we want to see him jiggle. Let's put it up to uh, the people. No, they said no. A, it's got to be a software <laughs> no. thing because I'm I'm hardwired in with uh, balanced XLRs all yeah. the way through. So. Yeah, it seemed like it was trying to pass through. You got a little thing. We're going to figure it out, but we're ham, yeah. so we're not tripping on this audio <laughs> thing. But it, it's like when you get a weird TRS uh, connection and it's just, it wants to be in a different spot. Oh, no. It's yeah. there, but it's not. All right, well, there you go. It's a beautiful radio, by the way. I, I wish, do you still have it or one like it? No. I sold it. Um, I sold it to a friend of mine when I got the 520, and I, I didn't need at the Aww. time. I didn't think I need because I gave the, the the R100 back to the guy who lent it to me, and I didn't think I needed to hang on to it. Mm-hmm. So I sold it or traded it to somebody, and now I kind of wish I still had it. But mm-hmm. uh, the ones that I see now at Hamfests look pretty pretty beat up, and it's like now. Nah, I really don't need to lug a 70-pound radio back to try to clean it up and work on it. So I understand. Yeah, the older we get, the uh, the boat anchors become uh, less. But they're so gorgeous. I have my dad's old Hammerlin, and it's a it's a mess, but it's more of a uh, sentimental piece for me. I just have it. Exactly. But getting it here was a you know just around to the back of the house was enough. Yeah. Like good grief. But. Anyway, well, thank you guys. I appreciate you coming and putting up with the uh, technical, uh, the things of the new stuff and other things and all that kind of stuff. And uh, thanks for bringing the stories. If you guys want to comment on any of these stories, please do so uh, on our YouTube channel, and we will get back to you and bring it up and explore more conversation together. Uh, My thanks to Karen and to Paul, my brother and sister uh, from the uh, Amateur Radio Newsline side. Thank you, guys. Yes. I have one quick comment. Okay. Okay, so now that audio thing is not just me because right there, both of you switched between my ears. So we'll work it out. Anyhow, I got an email this morning. It's still him, isn't it? It's in his ears. We're inside his head. We're inside (laughs) his head, Christian, and we're not leaving. Yes. Yes. It's it's me. Okay. I I got an email this morning (laughs) from someone who said he had heard me on a news line a couple of times and all of a sudden it rang a bell as to where he knew me from and he's one of the kids that was my age that was a part of our club at the Marissa Amateur Radio Club down there in oh, Marissa. Wow. He was one of the ones we all kind of got our novice licenses together and we all kind of got our generals together. So all of a sudden this morning I get an email out of my past yeah. from one of the people from back at that time. That's that's that's, that's cool. the one thing you got to love about the internet is that it even though it's kind of dampen the internet ham radio a bit it does open up things like yeah. that where we get to reconnect with people from out of nowhere so so maybe we bring dave. that person we bring dave and you on and then we share that story too because that's a cool story okay that is okay let's that, do that is really neat that'll be fun thank you uh both and we'll uh we'll catch up with you again soon seven three guys okay seven three bye Let's take a minute to talk about what I feel is the most beneficial deal in ham radio today. It's when you become a sustaining member of 100 watts in a wire. 
Here's how it works. When you donate $25 or more, you will become a sustaining member for a year. And during that year, you get discounts from participating businesses. It's a win-win-win. The show gets your support. You get the discounts, a little more money in your pocket for your next project, and those businesses can earn your trust. Visit 100wattsandawire.com, click the Sustaining Membership tab to learn how you can support the content you enjoy. And thanks. Okay, Steve-O, here we go. All now, right. here we go. <laughs> how about that, Paul? Everybody, I probably did something wrong on hit. you know? It's probably wacky. But uh, yeah, he was in oh, in yeah, one channel. No, it's an audio week, man. It's just he, one. He of was things. in my left. Everyone's uh, Paul was saying that he was in his right, and uh, but uh, right. It's just we're a, yeah. In his, we're it's, in his head. We're going both sides in Paul's head. <laughs> let's see. We have a guest here. Let me see if this is going to work. I want to see if we can um, connect with Rosa here. Hey, Rosa, can you hear us? Let's see. Yes, we can hear you. Yay! We actually Hi. did it. Thanks for coming on. I'm sorry awesome. you were on hold for so long. I was afraid when I, I went to the phone, it would just shoot you somewhere else. So you're in. How are you? Sure Rosa and Marty? Cool. Yeah. Good morning, Kevin and Steve. Well, we brought you Hi. here because you've got one of these great feel-good ham radio stories, and I shouldn't tell it. I know of the story. It's all There's people that know of your story, they're like, oh, yeah, did you know this and this? I'm like, really? So here you are. Let's, uh, let's give you some time to talk about it. So I guess the question is that you're asking why we got married at HRO. See, we didn't uh, even know that now. <laughs> <laughs> no. It's, uh, yeah, tell me how this, oh, how this happened. Oh, man, you, you needed to save that. You needed to build that one up. How did you guys meet? <laughs> well, well, what happened was... Rose came home from a cert meeting one day and said, we're going to be ham radio operators. Love that. Because if there's a disaster, nobody's going to be talked but ham radio operators. Mm -hmm. So she came home one day and handed me a bowfang and said, figure out how to run this. That's when I realized that I was programming and antennas and she was the equipment manager. So we go to HRO, <laughs> ask about this bowfang, and they don't want to know anything about it. So we meet Billy Bob and start talking, and we end up with an FT-60. So we end up going nice. in and out of HRO while we're getting our license and all that. And then we start going on Saturday mornings, and uh, a lot of ham radio operators hang out at HRO on Saturday morning. So we start hanging out there. So we become a a regular on Saturday morning for coffee and donuts, sitting around BSing, talking radio, saving the world. So we become a fixture at ham radio. So while all that's going on, we also become Racy's members. And our um, friend, Bill Lovelace at Racy's, is always asking us, hey, when are you guys going to get married? You guys should get married. You know, he didn't like us living in sin, I guess. So we're at a ham radio event with the Orange County here with the Racy's people. And we're talking about getting married again. I don't know how it came up. And I think Rosa said, 
we should get married at Ham Radio Outlet. We all laughed. Ha, ha, ha. Meanwhile, Bill goes nuts. He thinks it's the greatest thing in the world. So that was the start of it. Next thing I know, Bill's telling us, oh, Janet, the manager at HRO, she thinks it's a great idea, blah, blah. Well, the next thing you know, we're getting married at Ham Radio Outlet. And if you, you know, Bill gets a hold of Josh, you know, on uh, Ham Radio Crash Course, talks him into streaming it live on YouTube, you know, so you can see it live on YouTube if you want. But it was just a lot of fun. We did it on HDs, the whole ceremony. So it, it was it was pretty fun. So Rosa, talk that to us is. a little bit about your emergency communication interest and and falling in love with this guy. Well, falling in love with this guy, I'll do that at the end. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, I was. She so hasn't quite fallen in love with him yet. We'll wait a while. <laughs> And so, it's a work in progress. So I saw, you know, I saw an ad about this, you know, about earthquake survival and all that stuff, right? So I decided to go ahead and give him a call. So I registered and I thought to myself, I said, you know what? I need a, I need to start learning how to do CPRs and all this radio communications and all that stuff. So I got him involved, and uh, so we ended up. Whatever I joined up, he joined up with me. So we're into CERT, we're into CAP races, we're into uh, WARA. The radio club. The radio club and some other stuff too. So I, it's, it's, it's been fun and I like it. Now back to the getting married part. <laughs> it hasn't changed. It's the same thing though. <laughs> He's him and it's not going to change. So when we got married at HRO, I didn't really see that much difference, except he's getting bossier every time. Oh, That's dear. That's the only thing. Marty. <laughs> yeah, you know, Marty, we, we you... were together for 10 or 11 years before we got married. You know, oh. marriage, mm -hmm. we talked about it, but it really wasn't, you know, it wasn't high on our priority list. But Bill Lovelace, he, he's kind of a Christian, and, you know, you wouldn't know it, but he would always ask him a couple times a year, hey, when you get married, when you get married, and uh, when we said HRO, he just took the ball and took off running, and him, uh, you know, Bill Lovelace and Janet and all the guys at HRO, they all jumped on board, and it, it was just, all Rose and I had to do was show up. Which HRO was it? It was fun. Which HRO was it in California? It's the one in Anaheim. Okay. The bad thing is, is we live 1.1 miles away from HRO. And I know a lot of guys are going, oh, man, that would be great. I could just whip over there and pick something. Well, it's not so great. <laughs> not when you watch the radio junkie. <laughs> or when I tell them, hey, I'm going to be a little bit late, and I kind of... See, I think, and I think the people watching and listening think that you might just be the perfect wife, uh, Rosa, for real. Oh. She's, she's got to be perfect. No, I no. am. I am. No, no, no. You, you, 
Let me I wish I could you. drop him I'm out, Steve. Wife. That's the thing. I just want to, shh. I just want to talk to her now, Marty. Wait, I, I, you can wait. leave. Ha- having a wife as a ham radio operator is a great thing. Yes, but it is. What she shh. Does. Stop. Stop there. Okay. He's not going to do it, Steve. The day that the FT3 came out at the Tokyo Ham Fest, mm-hmm. I didn't know it. She walks in the door from work with the picture on her phone. Go to HRO and order me this radio. I see nothing wrong with this. I go to, I go to HRO and they go, hey, that isn't even the computer yet. We can't order that. So we pre-order it, and I go in there for something else a couple of days ago, and I go, hey, did you ever figure out how much that radio is going to be? And they go, hey, that thing's going to be like 550 bucks or something. I'm nice. going, holy smoke, for, for a handheld? So Rose comes home from work, and I tell her, Hey, you know that radio you ordered? It's like $550. And I'm expecting, oh my gosh, I had no idea it was going to be that much. No, you know what I get? When does it get here? Yep. You know, Are my wor- I, I'm worth that $500, right, Marty? Oh, <laughs> Remember? <laughs> yes. You know. Uh-huh. Marty, there That's is like- one saying you got to remember. Happy wife, happy life. Oh yeah, she she uh, she's happy. I hope it's like this Christmas. She go. I <laughs> was talking about her. a pair of. What was that? Go on, go on. So I was talking about getting a set of Heil headphones, right? And usually I just mention something and it shows up. So she tells me one day. Hey, go to HRO. They got something for you there. I'm thinking she bought a pair of Heil headphones. So I go With in there and I card. see Billy Bob. It was Bob Billy Heil Bob. himself was there. No. <clears throat> Billy Bob was my best man at the wedding who works at HRO. He's become a great friend. So I go in there and I go, hey, Rose says there's something here I'm supposed to pick up. And he's going, well, she's got $35 on account and all this stuff. And well, yeah, I don't know. She said I'm supposed to pick something up for Christmas. <clears throat> he doesn't believe me. He calls Rose. Hey, is it okay to give it to him? Yeah, okay. So he goes, yeah, it's back here in the back. It's not a pair of Heil headphones. It's an FTDX 101. Nice. <laughs> That's what she buys for Christmas. I think, nice. I just want to let you know, I think you have the perfect woman. And that's all I'm going to say. So... Congratulations, see? Yeah. I, I mean, you would think. <laughs> you would think. <laughs> Be careful. Be careful, man. Be careful. Rosa, so, like one more question f- for you, Rosa. Go ahead. Go ahead, uh, Marty. Yeah, I was going to say, if, if you watch the wedding video on YouTube, when, they, when Rose is repeating her vows and they're going, until death do you part, you might not be able to hear it in the video, but everybody starts laughing because when Rose says that, the next thing she says is, well, how long is that going to take? <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, and uh, <clears throat> who officiated the uh, the wedding? Oh, it was uh, Bill Lovelace, who was okay. our um, uh, commander at Racy. Okay. You know, so you, you, we met him at field day, and we ended up joining Racy's. And, you know, uh, he was the one that kept asking us, 
when we were going to get married and stuff. But uh, he uh, he was the one who officiated the wedding. Well, nice. I wish you uh, many more years, and we'll come on and talk about your MCOM interest, too. Uh, speaking of which, we're getting right ahead into Hour 73, which is a new segment about this, and I think it's right up your alley for the emergency communications. Come back and talk to us again. Thank you for all the support. You guys are always around in the chats, and you, I know you woke up early looking for the meet and greet and was like this. Huh? Where is it? I woke up for this. It's not here. But uh, working on some new tech and uh, needed a little bit of more prep time. But uh, long may you run, guys. I hope you're happy together for a long, long time. 73 for now, okay? Thank you. 73. 73. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. All right. We will come take a break. Come back with hour 73 next. LDG Electronics provides state-of-the-art antenna tuners for every amateur need. From QRP to QRO, fixed station, portable and remote. Matching your radio to your antenna using our lightning-fast proprietary tuning algorithms. LDG is a family-owned and operated company dedicated to bringing innovative, quality products to the amateur market. Our focus is on anticipating and meeting our customers' needs and providing them with world-class support as they install and use our products. All LDG products carry a full two-year warranty that is fully transferable when you sell it, with no paperwork required. Support is only a phone call or email away. We're always here to help you. Visit us on the web at ldgelectronics.com. Okie dokie, friends. Let's see if we can take care of this and do a little bit of Hour 73. This is a, a feature that used to be a podcast here. And uh, bring up my brother here. I think we can do it. Now I just got to get that image off the screen. Where did it go? Okay, there we are. Good day, sir. Beautiful. What a beautiful. I wish Pastor Joe, I hope he's watching this. What a beautiful sweatshirt you have. Uh, it says Baltimore, and it looks like it's got the uh, the Oriole bird. Let me unmute you there. Good morning, Don. Beautiful stuff. Hey, good morning. Uh, I'm not quite sure how I follow Rosa and Marty. If they walk into a ham radio outlet and get married, every time I walk in there, I'm pending divorce. <laughs> That's why I think I she's perfect. This is why I yeah. think that, that yeah. she's probably the perfect lady. That, uh, yeah, it's no That's big deal. fantastic story. No big deal. And you go to HRO story. and stream it out. Let's yeah. stream it out. It's good. I'm glad to finally have them back because uh, they're always here and supporting. You know, they're here in the chat and keeping things going. So appreciate that. A lot of good response from uh, last week's kind of kickoff for the uh, on 100 Watts and Wire with Hour 73. We're all trained, at least taught, to prepare for the first 72 hours uh, Don and I are trying to take it. What happens next? Let's go beyond. We're not going to forget about the first 72 because we need to be sharp on those things as well. But uh, our 73 is, uh, let's look a little bit beyond that. Where do you want to go today, uh, Lieutenant Don? Well, you know, I'll say we, we had a great conversation about the clubs last week, what your club can do for the jurisdiction uh, or the city you live in, whatever it is. Uh, and they're all small examples. Everyone... Uh, seems to fall into this trap that you have to save the world right away. But there are some small things those clubs can do uh, to really be a true asset to the responders. Uh, so whether it's the contests that already exist that we leveraged, you know, we did some park and rides on the air to figure out where our repeaters reach. Uh, most recently, we built some tape measure Yagi's and 
we've been doing some fox hunts. So, uh, you know, stuff like that comes into play when you're looking at search and rescue and everything else out there that you can do. So, uh, you can do the radio related stuff as a club, you know, stuff in the quotes, uh, but still be able to build ca uh, capability and capacity. The important metric at all that in my mind is, is making sure you're meeting what your jurisdiction needs. So those are the folks that matter. Doesn't have to be a specific framework pushed by any particular organization. And I'll die on that hill. Um, mm -hmm. Whatever works for the jurisdiction will work. But one of the things we, we started to get into, and in my mind, you know, personally, this was driven a little bit about what happened in Texas, and that's what are my personal capabilities? So you know, what can I do at home? And uh, you and I talked about this a little bit. Where do you start? Do you start with food? Do you start with water? Do you start with power? So uh, I think the problem is you can start a bunch of different ways, uh, but I started to look at power. And that was you know, one of my spring things. You mentioned the spring list that everyone else is uh, working on. It was power for me. And I think that's probably one of the first things you're, you know, we talk about Texas, and that was the main thing, the deal with their grid going completely, you know, and how you get there and, and all the things that are wrapped up and why these choices were made will have to be sorted out by different set of people here. But the normal citizen, you know, this is the middle of winter, and power is everything. And it has to be one of the things that we don't think about you know power goes out at your house you think ah, i don't come back on you know i've had a couple of uh 21 20 some hour times but never like extended periods without power so uh you needed to cook you needed to do almost everything and we need to think about that what are some of the uh, things that went through your head uh, when you heard about that situation with their grid yeah, so I think you first you take a look at where you are, and you mentioned it. Are you in an area that's prone to outages? Is, is there a likelihood that you're going to be out for three, four, or five days? Uh, I think equally as important are do you have uh, is, so do you have any critical systems at home? Do you have a, a a mom that lives with you that's on dialysis? Do you have certain medication that you need to keep cold? Uh, those are the things that are really going to drive your need for. For, for power, uh, what's your tolerance? So I'll use an example of when my wife and I lived uh, in Baltimore City before we moved out to the Burbs. Uh, one of the, the feeders to the block uh, blew up under the street and we were out without power for probably 21 to 23 hours. You know, not a long time, but some of my neighbors already are like, oh my gosh, what do we do? We're gonna have to find a hotel. Uh, <clears throat> and for us, it was, you know, it was city camping. We opened the windows. Uh, we sat out on the front stoops, you know, that Baltimore thing that you're familiar with. Mm -hmm. and, and and we had a good time with it. But some folks don't have uh, the tolerance for being without power. And it also depends where you live, what your climate's like. So uh, we have plenty of propane on hand for the grill. We've got a fire pit so I can cook if I have to. Uh, but it's not an easy decision. You know, I'm looking at, at my rig over here or my station and I've got a, a bio battery sitting in a box and, you know, I keep it charged. I cycle it on and off. And I know that if I had to transmit, I could get probably 20 to 24 hours out of it, depending on my, my cycle. But if you're stuck longer than that, you know, what do you do? So, uh, you know, Steve and I were having this conversation, I think before we started, he spoke with someone in Texas that had a whole house and that's quite an, quite an investment. So, you know, looking at what, what you need to power and when, 
what that load is, and then how do you provide that load and the logistics of all that. Uh, even if you've got a generator, you've still got to fuel it. So there's there's a lot of things that I think you have to map out when you're looking at how you power. And what part of the element is, okay, so you're, you've thought about it in a hypothetical situation. You've thought about this. You are prepared. You were camping in, in your mind is that you were off. But there was a comfort level yeah. knowing that what you had. You had reserves. You had your stuff. But talk about what happens when everyone around you does not and it becomes a you know there is no perfect disaster we talked about that last week talk about the people who don't or didn't and that element how that kind of factors into your new situation well that was i think a little bit of a different example because we were all stacked up on one another living in the same block so uh, some of them headed to relatives houses some of them rented a, a hotel room for the night uh you know it was a day without power so uh, those of us that hung back, sat out front, drank, and made fun of the people that had to go leave because they couldn't put up with not having power for less than a day. Uh, yeah, out in the suburbs, it's a little bit different. So uh, we are sufficient. We're able to cook, as I mentioned. Uh, most of my neighbors are that way. Uh, but at the end of the day, you still need to figure out how far can you get with what you have. And you mentioned fuel and supplies and stuff like that. So uh, if this is a a regional outage where uh, you're battling all of your neighbors who use the same fuel for their generators, then you might be stuck or you might find yourself short. Uh, one of the biggest challenges is uh, if there's a regional outage that's affecting power and you rely upon gasoline to run your generator, most of the gas stations will be unable to pump that gasoline that you need. So kind of planning out the what ifs and where I am after say 12 hours, where I am after a day, where I am after three days into that hour 73 and beyond. Yeah, we'll probably have to get into talking about community. And in the city, it's a lot different than out in the county like you talk about, or you're out with less people around. I've got a couple of older neighbor neighbors that are around here that, you know, so the community aspect of who you trust, who's in your network, who do you take care of? It seems like you start at home uh, first, Say you've got nothing and you heard this conversation we're having today and you're thinking, yeah, man, that sounded pretty scary. Where do you start here? Do you go for uh, being friendly with your neighbors to start, which is a good practice anyway, but when you think, okay, I, I need to start looking at a generator, where do you begin at home? So two different questions there. The neighbors, and I think we'll end up talking about this at length at some point, Uh I don't think you can do any of this in a vacuum either. I mentioned that last week about the clubs. Uh, you're going to have to rely on your neighbors at some point. There are folks out there that preach the lone wolf approach or uh, those folks that have invested millions of dollars in the doomsday bunker that can last for the next, uh, next 17 years. And, and God bless that. I just I don't have that capacity. Right. So uh, to a certain extent, I'm going to have to rely upon my neighbors. Uh, however, that plays out. Uh, in terms of uh, of starting, you know, where do you start with the generator? I think the question is, what do you need from the generator? So, whether you're doing a load assessment on your house, uh, so the the heat pump draws this many kilowatt uh, hour uh, power or power draw for uh, the stove, power draw for whatever you need to function in your house, and then you have to size your generator. 
in my case, I don't have a generator that'll power the whole house. Uh, it's something we talked about at some point, but it's just not a priority for me right now. I have a smaller Honda generator that runs clean, uh, provides a good sine wave. So uh, some of my critical fun- uh, systems can function on it well. But if I had to uh, keep things cold or cook, I would be rotating from appliance to appliance to keep it going. And we're okay with that. We figured that that's what works. Uh, But I think at the end of the day, you you figure out what you need, what that power draw is, and then how you source that. So are you buying the generator that that is that big uh, to provide that power demand? can get complicated if you're talking about how you're tying in transfer switches, utility disconnects. So you know, like everything else, we can uh, we can go down that path. And I think it's so personal, too. I mean, we just met a couple who were I think there's a lot of teasing and interplay with their life, but maybe their priorities are different. Uh, you know, my wife and I may have a you know, set of needs. You know, you think about your food, your refrigeration. I'm thinking about I'm going to I'm going to need two of these pronto you know so it all factors into exactly what you're using how much you're drawing and that that can be complicated trying to figure out what to buy and generators really aren't a cheap thing i can get by with a little bit of you know my radios are powered with the battery i can do battery and solar that combination will be fun to talk about as we go but generators man i'm an idiot with generators i I asked you that question, trying to figure out which one I should go buy. And I know it's, uh, you know, you want to keep your food, you know, you want to keep your food longer and, and don't open the refrigerator doors. That's the, the kind of the thing that we're taught uh, when the power goes out. But uh, is there a certain size, you know, that would kind of manage some of your food needs first? Yeah, so, I mean, I would argue that you can get a lot of mileage out of a, a 5,000 watt generator that'll cover certainly fridge, freezer, microwave, uh, certainly not gonna cover a 240 volt appliance that has a, a huge power draw well. Can't run your so amp. You, yeah, so well, there's that. Uh, so you might not have as much luck with the stove, uh, the dryer, the HVAC, depending on what your system is. Uh, heat pumps are pretty efficient, but they can be power hogs too. So. Uh, you know, again, and I think it was, let me look up here. I think it was Paul made a comment about being out of power for 10 days during Sandy. Mm-hmm. And you know, that's a tough plow. It's one thing to be in the woods without power for two days when you're camping. It's a second thing to be home for 10 days and trying to sustain a family uh, without power. So a lot of the big companies, the reputable companies have tools on their sites that allow you to uh, project what your load might be, depending on what you need to run. Uh, but, you know, for those of us, and, you know, let's draw it back to the, the ham radio discussion uh, for a second. Uh, not only is the, the size and the, the power rating important, but things like startup power, the surge capacity of it, if you're starting a, a load that has a motor, a huge inductive load that's got that, that really big initial power draw, or the quality of the power that you're getting out of the generator. Some of them don't pr- uh, produce as clean of a sine wave as others, and that can cause problems with sensitive electronics. So you know, I think you, you have to start with what you need when the power is out and then work your way backwards to the generator. Okay. Well, then here's another trick question for you. In 
sometimes you're thrown into these problems and then you can figure them out as you're going in real time and you get the uh, benefit and going, yeah, when we were out for 24 hours, we needed this, we didn't have that. Say you've never had that situation and you're at a starting point, say I'm looking to buy a new generator. Um, you just go with your basic needs. Your starting point is zero. You want to cover, I think you said the 5,000 watt. Is that what you said? Can it, so I think, and again, your mileage is going to vary. I think you can get far in life with a 5,000-watt generator, uh, but you have to do that analysis of what you need to power. And, uh, you know, I'll say it again. If it's if it's something that, that has a surge on startup, so uh, something that's got a motor, so if it's your, your furnace blower or something like that, and I think someone even made a comment about that as well. Looks like Jeff did. Uh, so if you're starting up, say, uh, say you have a, a – a natural gas fed furnace. So you don't necessarily have a huge power draw with that when it's running, but you have a little bit of a surge when that thing starts up because of the inductive load of the motor. So you have to account for that. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, you asked me where I start. I think I am starting with Paul and asking him how his 10 days went during Sandy. Uh, like how, how do you deal with that? What did you find that you needed in day four five and six that you didn't think you needed in days one, two, or three. Uh, I think there are a lot of lessons learned out there. Uh, I'll be curious to see where some of this discussion goes moving forward as well. Uh, sometimes you got to learn from the mistakes that other folks make. Yeah, I encourage you guys to put it in the uh, – actually, comment below. When the video comes out, put your comments in because uh, the chats just kind of go up and, and, you know, you may not see those, but putting the comments in and kind of continue this discussion. And one final point, I've got young children, and I know you do as well. So when the sun goes down, there's different needs for wherever you are in, in your life, you know, who's in your house and that kind of thing. So that may guide you as well with picking out those specifics because kids don't think about Kids don't think about powers out. What's that mean? You know, but you can go out and play if the season's right. You come sure. in and then the sun goes down and you're out. But it's, I guess we just go to sleep now. So, yeah, I guess the point being is there's different things for everybody, different needs for where you are in your life. So hopefully we've, we've uh, broached What did we miss? We miss anything that you wanted to get to? Well, I think at some point we're going to start talking about <laughs> renewable energy, batteries, solar wind uh not today but i'm sure we'll have time to talk about uh, all of the innovative ways that you can bridge that gap because the generator is just a small piece of that yeah uh, you know, your emergency pla uh, power platform can very well be the the solar cells on your roof that are charging a bank of batteries so uh, i think there's going to be some good discussion about that in terms of what are what people are doing what they have um and how they did that assessment how they realized what was important uh what maybe wasn't important uh, or if they just decided, you know what, I want to live like I do when the power's on, so I'm going to buy a whole house uh, generator. So, Yeah, and if you're not in the uh, ballpark, because generators really aren't cheap, you know, that's not something you can just pop on. You might be able to go ahead and do whatever your finances say, but maybe we start to talk a little bit about also, you know, alternative heat sources. You know, out here in the country, sure. we're out here s swinging axes and getting, you know, at least that part of the heat sorted out. You know, it, it's so thick and heavy. This is why we wanted to do this from the start. There's so much that we can talk about. But it's important to have you guys chime in, too. Tell us where you are. Geog uh, geography, that's the right word. Where you are, what you're around. Uh, so it's cool. 
Well, thank you for that, sir. I hope we got everything out that we wanted to get to today and invite everybody to kind of join the conversation. And we'll bring those comments in as we go, too. All right, Don, enjoy your weekend. Great. Uh, Pastor Joe approved. Pastor Joe is a Red Sox fan. And, I mean, it's so hard. It's ha- it's really hard. And then I and I, when I pray, I, I say, Cal Ripken bobblehead, please help give me the strength to deal with Pastor Joe and his Red Sox thing. Sad. It's sad. Just do this real quick. Yeah, yeah. Okay, it looks great. Yeah, it looks great. <laughs> it's f- All right, Don. Thanks so much, man. We'll uh, we'll have you back again real soon. Hopefully next week we'll talk about the next layer or a next issue uh, real soon. Sounds good. Seventy three, my friend. Seventy three. Take care. All right, we'll take a quick break here. Come back and uh, take your questions next. Brothers and sisters, let's talk about the one hundred watt ID. Very easy to get. None of this costs you a thing. But it is fun to have your own, and here's how you get it. Visit 100wattsandawire.com. Click the Gathering tab. Here you give us your name, your call sign, and your email address. Very simply put, an app will sequentially issue your ID, and a very busy human will send you that ID through the email. Then you can use it during our nets and operating events, share it with your friends, do whatever you like, but that is how you get it. Visit 100wattsandawire.com and click the gathering page. Now let's get back to the show. All right, this is the time of the show. Let me bring uh, Steve on in here. And uh, got you back. Got to unmute you. This is uh, where we take some of your questions. Each week people submit them through the chats. Uh, they may uh, send them through email. However you want to send your questions we can do that, but this is the portion of the show where we address this. So there's so much. I got Go a, ahead, Steve. Got a comment in from the chat from Pastor Joe. Oh, he, so fast. Equal time, equal time. So, you know, Pastor Joe, an offering, you know, some a, a donation in the offering plate <laughs> can help. Just just saying. Cal Ripken Bobblehead, should we, look at that, so handsome, should we give equal time? He, he said no. That's, He's a, no, not mm, the Red Sox guy. That's like a, <laughs> mm, I don't know. I don't know. Just having fun. Boy, the conversations about power are so tricky as a man who works for the utility. And um, some people are geared. Yeah, so, mm-hmm. so years ago when living on the west side of the Cascade Mountain Range, uh, there was working for the utility. I was out for days. And I had young kids, and they didn't understand, why is the lights out, Dad? Why can't I watch mm-hmm. this or that? And then and how come you're not here? That freaked them out. So you, you got to and so set up things to work, kind of keep life as normal as possible, but uh, at least for the kids. But Don made a perfect point. Assess what you have, what you need, and, you know, the family needs, and, and go from there. And uh, keep it simple because... Maybe you know how to get the start the generator or this or that, but does your spouse know how to do that? And uh, in the case where it, I was just using the generator off the motorhome, so it was like walk in, open up the door, walk in, hit the panel uh, start button, and off you go. And um, so it's it just varies from your your situation. So look at the big picture and uh, and go from there. 
All right. Well, we got some questions here that came in. I'm glad I was able to move them over. Hopefully, you should be able to read them fine. Well, I'll work on getting the comments uh, sorted out. They were coming in black ink, and the black on black just did not work. But I can see there's a lot of great activity uh, in the uh, chat today. So I appreciate everybody coming by. If you're new, welcome. Uh, We were talking a little bit about spring projects, and Steve went through a long list of things to to think about. (laughs) Um, But... We will add in some of your comments, too. I know a lot of people are doing a lot of work this time of year, and it's just fun to get outside, fresh air, and uh, get in there and, and see what you got going on with your antenna system. So important. Don't we take it for granted? We get all this hot. We get so juiced up on the radios that sometimes we forget about taking care That's of our antennas. Sunny. Yeah, we got it. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's see. We got a question. I think we can figure this one out here, Steve. If I have a solid-state radio, do I need to use a solid-state amplifier? Now, before anybody gets any chuckles, let's not chuckle, right? Let's think about uh, when we first started out in amateur radio, and some of these things are kind of, you know, you want other people have things. You want this radio. You like that old radio. Is it going to pair up with a new deal? So this question is a fair question as far as I'm concerned, and we will answer it like uh like we should so steve solid state radio that's kind of the norm now in the 21st century most people Mm -hmm. most things that you find new but there's some beautiful old amplifiers out there with tubes some of them are solid state can we mix and match and how does that work yes we do it a lot of us do it already and uh so in fact my amplifier my radios are solid state my uh current amplifier is has a tube so it's it's not a problem the biggest issue is going to be the vintage of the amplifier and and the keying voltage so there is some older amplifiers that have a high voltage on the keying line even though you're providing a a basically a a switch to ground when you key your radio the radio provides that the problem becomes is that the solid state radio cannot handle 160 volts that could be sitting on your keying line it's only designed for 12 volts so depending on the amplifier you're using you might have to have a uh, a keying buffer is uh and mfj makes that device and there are probably a few others but that's on a case-by-case basis but as far as the general question goes you can you don't have to have a solid state amplifier you to you know, with your solid state radio. And that's that question, just adding on a little bit to it. You know, some of these newer amplifiers, like the one I have down here, you know, there's certain connections that need to be made. I think there's a lot of unknown stuff. It's something maybe we should explore together on the show with amplifiers because I remember having an Ameritron and blowing a tube and being scared to death. And I think that's actually good, being a newer ham who's not extremely technical at all. I'm used to being on this side of the microphone. I was really nervous about getting in there because you hear stories just common by the way stories like don't stick your hand in there, you end up dead type of stories. And all that's true, but there's not a lot of teaching in that. The, The lesson is don't do that. So there was a lot of fear for me in the early days when if I had a bad tube, just getting in there uh, and right. working with it. So uh, we probably need to educate more 
especially our newer hams and maybe some that are somewhere in the middle or further along how we deal with amplifiers you know yeah well especially we're you know as more and more solid state amplifiers are hitting the market and uh well i mean they're there but once the price starts coming down as more people buy it and um you and when we get back to ham fest you're going to see older amplifiers uh, like the 811s or or the Heathkit SB200s that are going to be out on that table and you're going to go oh I want a you know 600 watt amplifier and boom you're going to bring it home and you know, it's like mm-hmm. now what do I do right. or if you need to replace tubes down the road uh they say if I put my fingers in here I'll die <laughs> and uh or could die and, and mm-hmm. things so we need to you know that that's a great uh topic to talk about uh, safety i mean we used to back in the day uh, that was the norm because a mm-hmm. lot of our equipment even the radios weren't solid state they were you know tube based so we were dealing with a lot of high voltage and uh but nowadays you know our radios run on 12 volts yeah all right so we'll put it on the list of things to talk about thank you for that question uh ian ian has a question new to the channel but do you host or do any kind of swap meet style shows now, I thought that was interesting. That's interesting. Yeah. That I don't do a lot of um, or any sales become really tricky. Like we don't even do sales on the Facebook page because I can't really, and it's not a control thing, but I don't want to be responsible for the clunkers or a bad swap or a bad trade. It may be neat to kind of host a show type of thing here where we could bring people in who had things that they wanted to to trade but i think it becomes like i think swapping maybe is easy have you ever been to a swap meet you've been to a swap meet i've never i've only heard of them is that like a straight trade uh it depends depends. i mean we've we have uh the swap swapping shops on hf on least up here in the pacific northwest on uh in it but uh, guys basically check into a net control and then they give them up this is what i have to Mm -hmm. offer and then, uh, and and then the net control turns around uh, throughout the course of the swapping shop. Will relist basically list is lists the item, and then if anybody uh, has an interest, then okay, yeah, they'll read it back, and then they'll go uh, and pass a phone number, and then then the two people, the two parties, end up uh, going off to the side and uh, working out a deal. So mm-hmm. they. I could see us being kind of in the middle, and uh, so hey, I got a, I got a, well, let's say this is easy right in front of me. Look, I got this cable. I want it. A microphone cable. Okay. Yeah, and um, <laughs> here how this is how it looks, and we can. It goes for a Yesu, and it uh, plugs in. This is a yeah. XLR uh, connector, so we can. Uh, and I want uh, say twenty five dollars brand new it's i don't know 40 bucks or whatever so okay something like that could be done email me at my qrz so we just bring them in they show their stuff and then if people Mm want to do it yeah the trick of it is is just to make sure everything is fair because it's hard for us to do quality control and then you get upset with us that uh, you got a clinker right but uh, i do like the idea well, we just we just use the standard warranty, thirty feet or thirty seconds, whichever occurs first. Yeah, and the honor system, right? The honor system yeah. vo- among hams, but it's a g- interesting uh, concept there, Ian. We'll give yeah. us some more thought there. That could be fun. 
Okay, we got another one here. Let's see what this is. Can you talk about setting up the shack for battery and solar power? The pros and cons. And now this is just off of our, uh, the Hour 73 segment where we talked about uh, battery power or some kind of uh, generator type power. There are uh, some issues with solar uh, powers and panels like that. What do you think when somebody wants to set up? Clearly, this could be an MCOM situation where mm-hmm. you're thinking about just topping off your battery uh thoughts about this steve are they up the probably the one thing that really pops into my mind when it comes to solar systems is your charge is your charger controller uh, i'm not really familiar mm-hmm. with solar systems what this and the inverter the device that's going to take so the the solar panels are going to provide a dc and if you're going to just use it to charge batteries and strictly that and then you're going to use 12 volts or off the batteries mm-hmm. to for your equipment then you don't have a a charger or a convert but there is a charger still involved to uh to maintain the the current and for the for the batteries the problem becomes when you get into 120 volts with an inverter whether it's going to create rf hash uh on the you know onto your radio basically first you're going to have it on the line because it's not a, maybe not a pure sine wave as uh, don brought up earlier mm-hmm. and then also it uh the a cheaper uh, solar charger or controller might uh, radiate an rf hash that uh, could just tear up your radio mm-hmm. then it's like well now what am i so it's like i can only you know get on the radio during the night because during the day i just get mm-hmm. this 10 over S9 hash all on all the bands. Well, that could be your solar charger. The inverter is my, has been my issue. With the old wooden shack, mm-hmm. people who have been around the show for a while know that I have an old wooden shack. It's at the edge of the woods. It's not the love shack, but it, it's a it's a, it's a wooden, uh, old wooden shed. And I'll take solar out there to top off a battery. It's that inverter. When I want to do something like plug in my computer for, say, logging, Man, that inverter will just eat me up. And it's it's less about at that rate because I'm just doing – I can do 120, you know, 120. I could do 60 with the solar panel, topping off my battery. But as soon as I use a battery with a, some sort of inverter to inverter. a computer or the radio, it just screams. And I'm just like, you know what? I'll hand log it. The heck with it. But those inverters get me. And maybe the pure – like you said, the pure sine wave – uh, you know, at least yeah. you get a cleaner so there, signal. So there's a, a lot of little, you know, gotchas that could get you. And gotcha. uh, so it's uh, the other option is, is just try it and, and work through it and then uh, come up with uh, what will work for you. But it's uh, it's shouldn't be that hard. I mean, it just depends on your it comes down to your requirements, what you want to accomplish. And then this is what I got and and then make it work. Yep, this is one we can talk about in that M- emergency type of situation where you're battery powered. And I just look at batteries mostly as something I need to top off with my solar, not necessarily everything in line running constantly. You know, if I have to swap out a fresh battery for my radio, then that's kind of how I work my situation. But yeah, the electronics can be a little iffy. All right, exactly. Let- Last one for today. We went ran a little longer than uh, normal, but that's okay. We got a good con- got a good marriage story, you know. Yeah. Rosa is the perfect woman. I, I'm just going to go ahead and say that she's perfect. You got you say that to every <laughs> woman, by the way. Exactly. You need to know that. And remember, 
Happy wife, happy life. That's right. Why does rain seem to affect my SWR in a bad way? What is it about being out in the rain and having all those elements and different things? It could be snow. It could be any moisture, raises. Uh, any thoughts on SWR during wet conditions? Oh, it's uh, well, a lot will depend on the antenna. And, uh, yeah, it's going to change uh, the conductivity. Is I'm off the top of my head. Uh, on a dipole, are you using a really good insulator or um, at the end of the wire? Or you just tie a, a, you know, your rope at, to the end of your wire and just kind of, well, that's just nylon rope is an insulator. Well, it starts to conduct and it could have an effect, essentially lengthening your antenna um, on, a, on a beam. It could be that the, your, and the, the center point of your dipole it could have uh that that water on there could be given a little bit of a path for the rf to uh, go to ground and kind of change a little bit of the impedance it it all depends on the antenna that is probably the biggest factor that i'm looking at and then uh and and then try to mitigate it from there so um there's a but yeah, I've seen it. I've seen it with the beam and stuff. And if you got uh, a bunch of grime and dirt, I know in uh, in the power world uh, we talk about uh, cleaning insulators because it starts to when you start having a dirt buildup and then the water it starts um, conducting and it'll start arcing across the insulator. And uh, it, but it's the same kind of same effect. Um, I feel is with the antenna system. So. Yeah, it could be a, a number of factors in, in your antenna system layout and setup is why your SWR is getting changed with rain and snow and ice. And ice, yep. Well, thank you for the question. All right, there you go. Well, I think we fooled him again, Steve. Thanks for everybody who uh, stopped by today, and we'll wa watch this later. If you're new to the channel, poke around a little bit. Uh, subscribe if you like. And check out the playlist. Oh, nice, Mark. Well, we have a comment from Mark H. So basically, we are saying Rosa is the 100 watts in a wire, Betty White. Yeah, I think we need to do more with her alone. Marty seemed a little too, too talkative yep. and didn't give uh, the lady. It's it's all about the ladies. This show is about the ladies, ladies friendly. Uh, Marty, they, it's about Rosa. Yeah, it's you. about Rosa. Just <laughs> button it up. Just button it. Less talk less, Marty. Just kidding. He'll get in there and start burying me in the chat. He's too, he's too, uh, and I can't even get to the chat. Like, I can't even defend myself. Don't do it, Marty. But thanks to, uh, to Rosa and to Marty and, of course, uh, to Don and uh, Karen and Paul. It was good. Uh, we have did okay today. I wish I could. Uh, I'll figure out the comments for next week trying to uh, get We'll get be there, able to guys. see them. We'll get there. It'll be fine. It'll be much better, too. But appreciate your patience. That's the one beautiful thing is when I get to beat myself up over something stupid. It's like we're hams. Like, we listen through garbage audio. And I hate garbage audio. But the things that we hear on the air is like. And we're, mm -hmm. So we're kind of uh, wired, if you will, to deal with the little things. So I try to keep them as little as possible, but this was good. I think it was better. All right, Steve. 
Well, thank you, sir. We'll wrap it up. We got into another long one today. We got long, but uh, it was awesome. It was fun, and we didn't do the meet and greet. Uh, meet and greet will probably be on a little, at least a hiatus until I can get myself more familiar with all the proper signal flow here, which shouldn't take us too long. But we'll get it back up, and then we'll make that a special thing. But it requires a little more prep time, so we didn't want to, you know, didn't want to screw everything up. Just a little bit of stuff. Just screw up less. <laughs> All right, buddy. Well, 7-3, man. Y'all take care of yourselves and be good. Thank you. Go ahead. Do your thing. Have a great weekend, everybody. Thank you for being with us today. We really appreciate it. All right. And uh, I'll bring it back over here. It might be a little easier. My thanks to Steve and everybody who came by. Take care of yourselves. Look out for each other. And by all means, if you can, please try and stay above the noise. We'll see you tomorrow night for um, our net on uh, probably 40, 20, and 80 meters. 7-3, guys. To join the 100 Watts in a Wire community, visit 100wattsinawire.com.